What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. I'm super excited. I have a guest and we're going to talk about something that is very um, dear to my heart and I think is very important to share. He, he is from St. Louis. He is an author. He is a relationship and personal coach, and he's in the transition of breaking up with corporate. So, you know, he's on his way up. Please welcome Ted Smith. Ted, thank you for joining us today. Can you please introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about your background? Hi, everyone. Hi, Deanna. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm Ted Smith. I'm based in St. Louis. I'm an author and coach. Um, really, my background is I was in an abusive relationship for 15 years that I ended two years ago. And um, that is what led me to write my book. And uh, I've, you know, since made, um, make it my life's passion, my purpose, I found a lot of um, fulfillment in having conversations with people to help them on their journeys with their relationships, not only with other people, but with themselves. That's the most important part. And so I'm really excited to be here and have this conversation. Uh, me too. And this might, you know, we're going to get pr probably a little vulnerable here and talk, speak our truth, oh, yeah. but I think it's very important, you know, and I, I, I've had other um, guests on that were, that have been in abusive relationships and we've talked about that and, and it, it definitely, it helps the audience. Anybody that's listening, that's in something that's, you know, you're questioning, just, you know, let us know, reach out. We're happy to help to give you a little bit of advice from our side. We're not going to tell you what to do, but um, there are many different levels of abuse, right? Mm -hmm. And I've, I've had all, I've had the sexual, I've had the emotional, I've had the physical, I've had the mental. And, you know, typically when it starts with one, it goes into the others, right? Yep. It's like a domino effect. It starts going and going and going and going, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. And it never, ever really gets better. Right. Absolutely. And I experienced all forms of it as well. Um, he only hit me once, um, but there were other forms of physical abuse as well. Where, which I didn't recognize as physical abuse, the acts of like intimidation and um, like tickling as an example that he would pass off as a joke. Um, but I could feel the energy behind it that it was more intimidation, which is a form of physical abuse. And I think that is a great example of something that, you know, one of the reasons I was in that relationship for 15 years is because even though I didn't, I, I knew I wasn't happy with him and that I didn't like how he made me feel. I didn't realize that what was happening was abuse. Um, and, you know, I, as far as emotional abuse, I thought that emotional abuse meant just constant fighting, constant, you know, derision and ridicule and con and it's like, no, actually the, the people who are the best at emotional abuse employ a cycle where there is a love bombing stage, you know, um, purposely putting in there that, Things are good and things are happy and things are how the relationship should be. Um, a narcissist. A, a narcissist, yeah, and that keeps the person around. Um, so yeah, I, he was um, an emotionally abusive alcoholic narcissist. So there were many layers to the the abuse and the addiction and the codependency that I experienced. Wow. Well, first of all, I'm sorry to hear that you went through that. That's really tough. And to 15 years is a that's a long investment in someone. Yeah. <clears throat> and so before we started recording, I shared with you, you know, I've, you know, I've been in a lot of abusive relationships. And for me, I don't know about you, but mine started with my father. My father was very abusive mm. physically to me and to my mother and very verbally abusive and um, threatening in a sense, because I'm the oldest of five. And so when they were real little, little, he would threaten us. We had to behave a certain way or else, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And, um, and that started my, that started my unfortunate journey into it with my relationships moving forward. 
And so I love the title of your book, Healthy Me, Happy We, because really at the end of the day, no matter where you are in your journey, your path and relationships, whether it's good or bad, this or that, the other thing, it always starts with you, right? Absolutely. And so as I was sharing with you before we got started, I, you know, I kind of broke away from some of my typical abusive relationships that got me into human trafficking, into a lot of abuse. My one boyfriend stabbed me, he kidnapped me like beat me up. I have a scar on my face. Um, I met my husband. He was not that tip, normal abusive type of guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but it was more controlling. It was more, it wasn't kind of narcissistic, but it was all about him, you know, but I didn't realize what that was either, you know, but then I'm already in it. I'm already in it. I'm married, you know, and it just like kind of, as he keeps doing his steroids, it kind of gets worse and worse and worse. And then he starts getting sick and more and more sick. And so then I'm definitely in it, (laughs) you know, that I become the caretaker and I've just invested all this, my life with this man. And now, you know, I mean, he, well, he did not make it, but I, you know, I just kept thinking to myself, there has to be something better than this. And we went to counseling. We went to counseling and, you know, for me, I think when I checked out was when he did hit me at one point. He didn't put his hands on me. And mm-hmm. so <clears throat> after he passed, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, de- I'm going to be healing. I'm going to be good. But I was in such a trauma phase, like of where I was with that, that I attracted someone that I had dealt with way before, like yep. very physically abusive, very emotionally, mentally abusive. And it, it was that, that probably was one of the most scarring relationships in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have so many things to say. Um, Go ahead, lay it on me, baby. <laughs> it it all comes, like you said, it all comes back down to that relationship with yourself. Um, so just to share a bit about my childhood, I actually had very, very loving parents. Um, but what started at an early age was my self-abuse. Um, so I, as a protective measure, as a way of getting love and attention, I developed perfectionism as a way, um, as something, and and when I wouldn't get something right, like in school, you know, I was very academically successful, but I put a lot of pressure on myself and it's something even as low as an A minus on a test, like wasn't good enough for me. Um, So I, and then uh, growing up in a small town and kind of navigating coming out in the nineties and early two thousands, that was also a very challenging time um, because I feared acceptance from my family. They ended up being very accepting. But that fear that I put onto myself and the shame of not like not being who I truly am um, just really put a lot of um, abuse onto myself and just like lack of acceptance for myself and rejection toward myself. All of that compiled and is exactly what attracted someone to my life who treated me exactly like I treated myself. Yeah. And if we don't do the work on ourselves to heal and grow and and process the stuff that we've been through, we will continue to attract relationships to us that are not healthy. Yeah. That's what speaks to the patterns of of folks like you who somehow end up attracting, you know, more and more abusers. Um, It's because there's more work to do on the inside. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can feel, so for me, I don't know about you, but like you can feel that energy. Like now I'm so much more in yeah. tune. Like I, I get, I'm such an empath. I didn't even realize that I was mm-hmm. that I was like now these days, like if I, 
like if I'm around someone who has that bad energy, like I, it, it affects me. I can't, yep. I can't handle it. Like, it's like, Oh, I got to get away. <laughs> like, woo, like you're, you're a little hot, baby. You better cool, calm down, you know? Right. <laughs> Which is a really cool ability if we know how to use it and know yeah. what it means and can listen to it. You know, I had so many gut feelings through my 15 years, but I, first of all, I didn't know what they were. Yeah. Second of all, when I did was like, Hmm, what's that? I didn't know. I didn't want to listen to it, nor did I know how. Sure. Um, so after, you know, through the healing process, I've learned not only about how like reading other people's energy, but it's really, it comes down again, the relationship with yourself, like feeling in your body, yeah, like what it's like to be around another person, how they make you feel, that sort of thing. So let me ask something. So how long has it been since, oh, so you said two years ago. Two years. Yeah. So now are you, have you gotten into a new relationship? I have had um, a couple relationship experiences. I am not currently in a relationship per se. Kind of where I'm at right now is I don't see myself. So backing up. So with my ex, we got together when I was 17 and yeah, we ended up when I was 32. So I never had the chance to like date around and have fun and just like casually see people and have dates and that sort of thing. Um, so I'm, I'm on the online dating apps now and having fun with that. Um, but really? I don't really see. I hate that. Well, <laughs> fun. Okay, it comes okay. and goes. I, <laughs> I have I have my frustrations. I was just sharing with some friends last night that um, I, I shared a GIF of the, a dentist pulling teeth, and I said, "This is actual footage of me trying to have conversations with guys on the dating apps." Oh it's, God, yeah, it's just painful. Anyway, but it's it's been fun to a degree. I actually have a date later tonight. Oh yeah, um, exciting. So yeah, we'll see how that goes, but it's fun to explore it with curiosity and not be attached to the outcome. Yes. So my pattern, you know, had been to jump into relationship status right away. I did that with my ex-husband five months after I ended it with him. I um, began a 10 month relationship with a man who ended up being my first experience with a healthy relationship. It was awesome. He was a great guy. Um, But we jumped into relationship status right away. There was no like courting period or no like, you know, me seeing other guys, that sort of thing. It just was like, this is it. Yeah. And I feel like that did a disservice to both of us, um, especially for me, because I needed time still to heal um, from the 15 years prior, um, but also just to explore other options and, and really find out what I wanted. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at now. I am enjoying conversations with different guys now, but I also don't see myself as the hookup type. So I'm somewhere in between yeah. where like, I want meaningful connection, but without the commitment, yeah. at, you know, guaranteed. Hey guys, Deanna here with Label Free Podcast. Summer is coming. Are you a six pack kind of guy or a dad bod kind of guy? Either way, our friends at Manscaped have the fellas hairy bodies covered. They just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes a lawnmower 4.0. That's right. You heard that right. 4.0. Trim from the leaders in male grooming. So the man in your life can join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code labelfree20. That's right. 20% off with free shipping with the code labelfree20. So head on over to their website, manscaped.com and pick up something for yourself, the man in your life, whomever that might want to benefit from keeping everything nice and tight for the summer. So I can, I can relate to that. So I've always been a relationship person too. 
And so like yourself, like after I ended that real toxic relationship five years mm-hmm. ago, I, I, it took me a while. It took me a while to actually like even, even be interested in dating anyone. Okay. Yeah. I dig it on the dating apps and I got right off. <laughs> but then, but then I would go back on because a girl's got needs. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So a girl's got needs. Sometimes, you know, we are, we are animals at the end of the day. Right. <laughs> yeah. but I, I knew what I was looking for at that point, but I would, I did not get attached. Right. So mm-hmm. I would, I, I never really experienced like that whole dating thing either. Cause I would always have long-term relationships. And so mm-hmm. during the last five years, as I've been working on myself, and, you know, things would come up and be triggers, I'm sure, like for yourself, yep. you know, and then, like I told you before I started recording, when I start actually trying to date someone that I might be interested in, one red flag, and I was like, oh, I'm out, see ya, peace, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. and that was, that was good for me to go through, it was good for me to experience, because now I'm in, in like this incredible relationship with this amazing man, and I never thought anything like what we have was possible, I never thought yeah. at all. So it's part of that journey. So talk to us about this book. And so we understand like the whole behind it, what brought you there and, and, you know, why you wrote it. So, so that had to be a very cathartic experience for you writing it. It absolutely was. So the way I've structured the book is it's a lot of um, narrative about my, my personal experience kind of interwoven with the things I've learned about um, how abuse and addiction and codependency generally, generally look. Um, so it's a mix of, uh, you know, a lot of self-help books are all narrative. A lot of self-help books are all, um, kind of content and educational. I like to do a mix of the two because I don't necessarily resonate with either end. Um, the first half is, I will admit a little heavy, um, because it, it documents, you know, my experience in that 15 year, um, relationship. So describing what the abuse looked like and what it can look like for other people, as well as the addiction and um, his alcohol abuse, which ended up creating the rock bottom experience that allowed me to wake up finally. Um, And then navigating how I feel from that in the last couple of years, as well as um, once we heal that relationship with ourselves, um, what we can experience in healthy relationships with other people. Yeah. Can you, do you want to share what that rock bottom experience was? Sure. Yeah. So, um, he abused alcohol for our entire relationship, which it, it kept getting worse and worse. Um, but I did not realize until the very end that he was an alcoholic, um, which as I tell the story now, it's like, how did I not realize this? But sometimes we don't know, you know, we have this tunnel vision and just have blinders on and not wanting to accept the reality of our situation. Um, but he, um, he struggled with anxiety and depression and he would self-medicate with alcohol, which um, if anybody is curious, like uh, tra- treating depression with a depressant is not actually all that effective. No. Um, and because he abused alcohol so much, he developed some really significant health issues um, centering around seizures and um, neurological wow. issues. So he had um, a couple grand mal seizures about five years into our relationship and over the next decade or so had um, kind of mini episodes on, it got to a point where it was pretty much a daily basis where the more he drank, the more his symptoms got worse and worse. Um, He'd experienced dizziness and weakness and 
memory loss and just confusion and body aches, headaches, like, and it would it'd be completely unpredictable for on a day-to-day basis as to what, what to expect. Yeah. Um, but I did notice that the more he drank, the worse his symptoms were. And, you know, I, I would approach about, approach him about it from time to time. Um, not all the time because I didn't feel safe to communicate, you know, my frustrations yeah. and my fears because it would always get thrown back on me. Um, but when I would muster up the courage to share those concerns, he, um, you know, he'd kind of shrug it off or he, he would promise to change. And then the next day he'd be drinking just as much. That all culminated in a rock bottom where um, he had become so dependent on alcohol that his body couldn't go eight hours without it. Ooh. He had a day of vomiting all day. He had three grand mal seizures in one night. And I called the called 911 during the last seizure. Um, they admitted him to the ICU for a week to treat him for alcohol withdrawal. Um, and so he would get up and drink and just drink all day. Yeah, he was drinking hard alcohol in the morning and <gasps> oh my for the rest of the day. Yeah, oh. which I I didn't real I knew he was drinking a lot at night, but I didn't realize he was also drinking alcohol in the morning. That's he had lost his job and was home most of the day. Um, so the the night of the three grand mal seizures and the experience of witnessing someone go through alcohol withdrawal is an experience i would not wish on anyone um it was something that you would see in a tv show or a movie like yeah. i'm like uh, ha- this is this really happening to me sort of thing like right. it was very very numbing um and as horrific as it was i'm grateful for it because it's what i needed to wake up I finally admitted that I needed help. I, it wasn't my realization that it was time to leave him, but it was my realization that I I can't do this anymore. I can't play nurse for him. Like something has to change. And so I started going to a therapist and started going to Al-Anon meetings. And that's honestly, those two things are what saved my life. That's amazing. Well, good for you for for being able to wake up and good for you for being strong enough to get through it. I mean, that's gotta be super intense. I mean, yeah, my husband was a steroid addict. It's almost just mm-hmm. as bad because once he like kept doing the steroids and his body just kept breaking down, like, you know, he had a death wish, you know, and that's ultimately yeah. what killed him at the end. So, I mean, I, I experienced some of that, you know, not to that level, but in the house, in and out of the hospital. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard. It's, it's really hard to watch your partner's life or just body deteriorate in front yes. of you. And they, they told me that on the spectrum of alcoholism and how severe it was, like his next step was death. They said, if I didn't call 911 that night, he probably would have died. Is he still alive? He is still alive, yeah. Oh, wow, so you saved um, his life. I did save his life, yeah. And the doctors did too. I mean, it's a very careful, meticulous process um, for them to, like, it's the right amount of drugs and the right amount of timing. Because if they, if they don't treat alcohol withdrawal in a certain way again the body can just go into shock and the person can die so very extreme situation i just have to share that when you said you saved his life like that really i haven't that really struck me um i haven't accepted that i've heard that before but it's been a while and like i've had a lot of healing and processing for myself since then um and so that 
<laughs> I've brought up some stuff. So, but thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you certainly did. I wish I could have for, for my late husband, but he just wasn't, he, he just wasn't interested in really saving himself. You know, I think he had given yeah. up. So when he, I'm, I'm administering dialysis, he's still injecting like, Mm. <laughs> you know, and I, we get in fights, like, you know, you're, what are you going to do? You're being super selfish. You're being selfish. And he had four daughters from a previous marriage. And it's just like, what does this do for you? Yeah. Like your body is giving up. This does nothing. You got to stop, you know, mm -hmm. and just what zoom over his head, did not want to hear it. Just right. So that, you, that's yeah. You can't argue with an addict because they, yeah. you know, they perceive the, the, the way the brain works is they perceive that substance to be their solution to their problems. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. It's very bizarre. So can I, actually, I want to just, before we start wrapping things up, um, I just kind of want to talk about like your community as, you know, as a gay man, correct? Yeah. <laughs> and the, I, and from, you know, one of my best friends, he's like my little brother. He kind of, you know, my family embraced him because he did not, you know, his mother was not as accepting and he went through a lot of stuff himself. And he actually ended up getting into some abusive relationships with men that mm -hmm. had alcoholic, had health, alcoholic tendencies. And I remember I went over one time and I rescued him from this guy's house and I kicked this guy's ass. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, you better get away from my little brother. I'll like, kill you. <laughs> like, you know, but I, but as I watched him grow up into a young man and watch him go through some of these really toxic relationships, I found that a lot of the men that he was getting involved with did have like drug or alcohol problems. And, 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 you know, as I've, you know, make more friends in that, in your community, that is something that's kind of relevant. It is. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to a lot of the internalized homophobia and shame that we have. It's sort of like what I experienced in my growing up, not accepting myself for who I was, not feeling okay to be myself. Um, and again, when you don't have a healthy relationship with yourself, it, many things can manifest and, and addictions are, are one of those things. So self-medicating with something that we perceive to make us feel better. And in yeah. reality, they may give us a quick fix or a quick hit, but over the long term, it's only making things worse and increasing that depression, increasing that just shame and, and the internalized abuse that we put on ourselves. Okay. Well, let's save lives here today, Ted. <laughs> you guys, you got to go check out his book, whether you know someone that is in a relationship that's toxic, they're dealing with someone with, you know, addictive tendencies, healthy, me, happy, we, and I think we all want to be healthy and happy. And so it really all starts with ourselves. Ted, before we start say goodbye, can you please uh, tell, let the audience know where they can find your book, find you, reach out to you, all those good things. Yeah, so I have a link tree available at tedsmith.life and you can find everything there. You can find the link to my book. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, um, all of which you can find at tedsmith.life. Perfect. And I'll put that in the show notes. so You guys can go one click, boom, you can get them all right there. And definitely, um, I think that I'm sure you're here to help. If anybody wants to reach out to you directly and have a conversation with you that can relate to your experience, that you're open to that. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. I, I'm a coach now. So I, you know, the reason I wrote the book, the reason I'm coaching is to help people like me um, to understand how they can have a healthy relationship with themselves and how that then really just creates everything kind of falls into place when you have a healthy relationship with yourself. Amen. All right. Yes. Todd, thank you so much for sharing your story, being vulnerable with us here today. It has been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure. And I'm sure you got great things on the horizon. So anything new comes up, please let us know. We'd love to have you back and talk about that and how 
you're going moving forward in your late relationship status. <laughs> You'll have I'll to do. do <laughs> Love it. All Thanks, right, guys. Oh, oh, wait, wait. One last thing. What's any last words of wisdom or advice you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, just to reiterate, it all comes down to that healthy relationship with yourself. Um, it, it allows for happiness in your own life. It allows for happy relationships with other people. It all starts within. Yeah. And that journey is different for everyone. So nobody's looks exactly the same. So just remember that when you're thinking about that and processing it. This is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcasts. Live your best life. You must be label free. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, share, follow, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.